Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tingser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire entrepreneurs and leaders in the hospitality industry to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In today's podcast, we'll be talking with Søren Iversen, the Chief Operating Officer at Seek. Seek is an internal concept that helps to create value for organizations by making work lives of their employees easier and more fun. It does this by providing a very intuitive and user-friendly platform for organizations of all sizes to benefit from having key information and crucial updates available in one place, among some other very cool features. We got in touch with Søren to hear more about his journey, Seek, and how it can assist hospitality operators in the challenging environment and at the same time getting compliant with GDPR. Hello, Søren. A pleasure to have you here at Hospitality Mavericks. And we've really been looking forward to today because we're going to be talking about something that's very relevant, productivity, and also GDPR, which is coming up for many, many businesses. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Michael. Well, thanks so much for for having me. So can you start off telling uh, your story and a bit of an overview of what Seek is and uh, what the key features is? Yeah, sure. So I guess briefly about myself, um, my name is Soren Ivis, and I'm, I'm the COO for Seek, which is a social intranet, if you th- say it very, very briefly. The core about Seek is focused on communication. So it's a, it's a cloud-based software that is focused on information and knowledge sharing. It kind of combines all of the best features from uh, corporate intranets uh, and social media. So it's a tool where you can engage your employees. Um, you can basically reach them with a few clicks. There are lots of features like chat groups, um, news feeds, and so on. You have personal branding. Um, and obviously, we have a big part about GDPR compliance as well, as, as you mentioned briefly. I guess we can go into more detail about the, the product later on, but but that's the, the, the very, very quick story about Seek and, and what we do. So which is the typical uh, clients and users you have of the uh, the platform? We have a lot of different clients, but we obviously, we have a lot of clients in the hospitality sector, a lot of focused around mobile employees. Um, the service is, is both web and app-based, meaning that you get instant push notifications when there are news that you need to read, something that you need to respond to, or um, in general, just, just keep you updated, um, which is very, very good once you have mobile employees in say uh, restaurants or retail stores and, and and so on so an example would be dunkin donuts way where, where you have um some some of our clients are uh, needing information very very quickly uh once they're in restaurants it can be if they've forgotten how to turn on the fridge or whatever it may be it can be in the in the guidelines on our on our platform so it's it's easy access to very, very critical information. Yeah, and what I really love about uh, Seek as well is the ability for the, the frontline employees to actually to be empowered to take action. Sometimes they don't have to go and find their managers. And we know we now have the millennial generation, which is used just to Google things. They don't ask their managers. They just Google things and find a solution for it. So that's what I really love yeah. about the, the product as well. It's, it's a good point. And sorry to interrupt, but it's... Um... We we have this search bar in in our in our software, which is without being too technical, you can have, kind of have a search bar that that looks at different different aspects of um, of a platform. Whereas ours searches across all of different folders, uh, chats, documents, and so on. 
So if you remember that you've had a, a chat with your manager or, or a conversation over seek with your manager about uh, about the till and how to handle the till, you can quickly search for it and, and similar to Google, you'll get the answer in seconds. Yeah, and, and I think that's 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 really valuable as well because you will always in a, in a hospitality business you often go and look for either paper or you're trying to find that Excel spreadsheet or that uh, you know uh, manual to do those things and you can just have it about a, a tip of your fingers now and I think that's really interesting. But but moving to another subject that's really hot in the moment, GDPR. A lot of businesses are talking about it, um, and we we've been talking about it as well. This is a this is a, a challenge. There's no doubt about this, but this is coming and it's here to stay. And the, the consequence of not being on top of it can be quite big. But it's, it's quite uh, amazing that still two thirds, like six, almost 60% of UK businesses uh, are not 100% aware how GDPR are going to actually impact them or affect their organization. Can, can you, in, in, I know it's not a simple, GDPR is not simple. Can you in a way simplify what GDPR is? is and maybe also how does seek actually help you know uh, hospitality businesses in in this sense yeah sure it's a it's it, that's a very big question but I'll, I'll i'll give my i'll give it a go first of all obviously i'm i'm not i'm not a lawyer but i can at least give my two cents on on how we perceive it with seek and, and how we've approached it so i guess to to kind of take it split it into two because it's it's twofold right so if you look at just GDPR in general and, and what it is. And, and I completely agree with you. I think that there are a lot of companies out there um, that are not 100% aware of how it's going to affect them, simply also because it's so new. And I think also a lot of the regulatory bodies don't know yet. But overall, GDPR is, is a way of having all of the members of the European Union and the countries that deal with their countries have a form of, of unified approach to how they handle their data. So it's a way of you and I as, as a customer and as, as private people to have knowledge about where our data is at all times. And, and so, so the overall idea, I, I really like the idea, and, and it's, it's a good approach that you now have um, also with the larger corporations that you actually know where your data is and how it's used for advertisements or profiling or whatever it may be used for. Where it becomes kind of tricky, and I think that's, where the, the, the 60% that you mentioned might fail to see what they should do is that um, th- there are a lot of, lot of demands to kind of all organizations because this affects anyone if, if you're, if you're uh, a one-man one band to a multinational corporation. So you need to know, um, I guess, simplified a bit where, uh, where you're storing personal, personal information. And personal information can be anything from your your name, email address, phone number. It, it can it can really be everything, right? So I think also some of the smaller companies they have this personal data because they might have their customer information, they might have some um, information of, of some of their their partners. So so it's very very important for them to know how do I store and manage this information. And that is a very, very tricky process because what you need to have, you need to have all these uh, data processor agreements. You need to have uh, know that your privacy uh, policy is in order and you need to know exactly where the data is stored, how to access it and how to delete it if it's asked by the customer. Second point to it is that a lot of companies will have to um, not completely change their setup, but they actually they definitely need to make some changes to it because 
from now on, what you need to do is that you need to have uh, essentially what's called privacy by design or by default. So you're no longer, when you're signing up to um, buying something online um, beforehand, the box about getting uh, a newsletter was always ticked and you had to untick it. That has to be the other way around. So you have you have to, going on from here, you have to um, actively sign up to things for your data to be stored with, with a different company. So I guess that's that's kind of the, the first part of, of GDPR. And I'm not sure if it summarizes it very well, but at least that that's some of the points that, that cover a bit on, on the GDPR side. So, so what you're saying is that you need to know where your data is stored. You need to be able to control it. What I mean by that is delete it. And, and you need to make sure that when people sign off, they've done that on their own will and not by an accident. It has to be very clear for them. They are signing exactly. off with their personal exactly. data. That's probably a much better summary than mine. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess that's the first bit of um, um, of your question around GDPR, and the second bit around you were asking about how seekers approach the journey of of, of compliance. So I, I think for us, similar to the sixty percent you mentioned before, we, we went through different stages. Where the first one was kind of chaos, right? Because you didn't really know what was up and down. You didn't. You didn't know what was expected from you and so on. So I, I, the first stage is, is just kind of going from uh, from not knowing what's, uh, what's um, demanded from you and going into the second stage, which is more creating an overview. Um, so that's what we did. We, we basically sat down, tried to find as much uh, information out there as possible. There's a lot more today because we're so close to, uh, to the 25th of May. So, so there's a lot more kind of like guidelines out there that, that people can follow. But when we started, it was very, very hard to find articles. So, so we kind of took everything that we could, gathered um, a, a list. And, and then our approach from there on was that we actually thought that we could do everything ourselves and, and just get, get compliant by following our own little, um, um, little steps, our own guidelines. Um, but we, we realized quite quickly in that process that we needed to work with um, professional people in, in this sense to make sure that our system was 100% compliant. And doing that, we also came to the realization that actually we might be able to take GDPR from being a, a big challenge for us and something that we just had to get over with into making it more of a, um, not a trademark, but something that might be, be an advantage for helping our customers. Um, so working with these experts, they obviously helped us um, create all the documents needed to adapt our platform, to make sure that we store the information as we should. And in in that, we also gained that we are actually able to help our customers become um, compliant in their in their internal communication. So that was kind of us looking at. Uh, GDPR and saying how do we turn this into a trademark? So that's that's kind of been the journey. But other than that, it's there's there's not a lot of kind of tricks to it, right? There, there are just a lot of steps that you need to go through. It's not it's not as complicated as people make it out to be. Once you get into it and once you see kind of what's what's needed and you go through the different points, it's it's quite straightforward. It's just the fact that there are so many different points that you need to clear and so many points that you need to have in order, which which makes it very, very challenging. And obviously for larger organizations, I'm, I'm sure that there are um, so many layers that I don't know of. 
um, that are making it more complicated. Yeah, but what what we've been talking a lot about, we usually mention internal communication is that when I I've seen and worked with clients of ours is that they often you know they either use WhatsApp groups or they have Facebook, they uh, using other social media channels to communicate internally with the staff, and that's everything from sales numbers to tools to you know very confidential information and i think that's a very good example in my world about how you as seek as well can take take control of those channels because you don't own the own those channels i understand as a company you're just borrowing them and everybody have in principle access and they can share your information if they want to do that facebook and we heard about facebook leaks and and all those kind of things yeah no i mean it's it's uh, it's a very, very good point. And, and we see that as well a lot with our clients is that knowing now what they know that you're actually not allowed to use social media, they want to go on to a different platform where they own all the data, they control who has access to it. And if a person leaves the company for whatever reason, they can just log out the, their access and, and they won't have access to any of the data anymore. But I think especially with Facebook, WhatsApp group, as you mentioned, a lot of companies are not aware that you're not allowed to use this in a professional setting. So again, going back to kind of what defines personal data, um, it can be as little as a name. It can be a phone number. It could be an email address, which a lot of people are communicating if you're in retail. It can also be on, on, well, on, on just general information about your customers. If you've set up a, a Facebook group or a WhatsApp group in your company, all of your employees will be using their private accounts. So they will be using their private WhatsApp account, which essentially means that once you transfer the data, it can be sales numbers or whatever it is, you transfer it to their private account, and now they have access to that data. They, they kind of own that data. And you cannot, by any means, access that. You cannot delete that. You cannot go back in and say, actually, you're not meant to have this information about, about this customer because it's already in their private account. So it's a very, very big issue, as you mentioned. Yeah, and that's one of the things we've been talking about where Seek always helps, because I see it as well, like uh, the the whole way of uh, sharing uh, information. You can control who gets which information, and also you can take that away from them, and you own 100% the data. It's a bit like yeah. I always, um, when I talk about people with Seek, I call it Dropbox, uh, uh, Google search, and WhatsApp in one thing. For, for the employees yeah. that's that's the that's the small version in my world of it and and you control that environment it's not your staff when you have a uh, maybe a, a situation where somebody leaves the business you in one go you can actually delete them from the communication within your business and also the the, the data and the information they had access to yeah yeah exactly exactly coming back to some of the things we talked about son as well when you um selecting a new cloud software for your business what is it actually businesses should be looking for what kind of steps do they take before they actually they start selecting these things because uh, there's so much software out there there's probably hundreds of tools out there how should they find out what is the right thing for them uh, both when it comes to ddpr but also to improve productivity within the business obviously there are a million different things that you can look at when you when you're selecting a, a new software and I think if, if I just have to kind of give my, my advice on, on three different things to look at, then the first thing that you should consider when you're looking at a software is obviously what, what problems should it solve in your business and what approach you're going to take to it in, in terms of best of breed versus full suite. So just to explain those two a bit, um, you, you have these two different terms within software where full suite is more of a 
you can say a, a broad general software that covers a lot of different points but to a, a high level so not going into the detail and best of breed which which is a lot more granular so focusing on a, a specific uh, problem that they want to solve um, so that's your first kind of question w- which way you want to go with with seek just as an example we've, we've decided to go for best of breed because um, we feel it's more important to be able to be really, really strong on, on one, sim- uh, one single point. As you've mentioned before, it's, it's kind of a combination between um, social media. So you have your feed that you, you've seen from Facebook and LinkedIn. You have the search function from Google. You have the chat that you have in WhatsApp and, and the documents in, in Dropbox. So everything with us is focused around your internal communication. We've then integrated with others. So if you want to do checklists, we can do that with Mobaro. If you want to do gamification, we can do that with Learning Bank. So, so we've, we've kind of taken that approach. So, so that's the first one. I guess the second one that you need to look at is, is the setup. There are a lot of softwares out there that are very, very easy to access, very easy to get started with. And then there are some where you kind of have big investments up front, might take a bit of time to get it adapted to your company and so on. So you need to make sure if it's something you need to get started right away, just have a look at what's the setup time and, and what's the setup cost to it. And then I think the the third part, which is very, very cr- critical, is, is the ease of use. So it needs to be intuitive. And this is probably the biggest thing for, for any software that you're going to choose. If it's not easy for uh, the employees to use it, they're just going to use something else. There's actually been a study done um, that uh, 90% of the cloud software used in companies is not approved by IT. So that's just showing that if it's not easy to use, your employees are just going to go out and they're going to use a different software that they know work. And a lot of a lot of this is, is social media. So I, I think it was about 55% with that number increasing the younger your workforce is. So, so you really need to have something that's very, very intuitive that people can just use straight away without too much training. I, I guess that would be kind of the, the three things to look for. And I think it's a very valid point you have there in the end because uh, re- recently I um, worked with a, a client of ours and uh, they had a scheduling system. Yeah. And uh, the manager went into the offices and we went through the process of how to do scheduling. And then in the end, he had to share that with his staff. And what he did, because apparently he didn't know how, and it was very complicated to find that function, how to share it with the employee in a digital way, he took a picture of the screen and posted on their WhatsApp group. And that was very, very interesting. It's a very good example of what you're saying here. If you're spending a lot of money on a scheduling system, but it's not utilized because people don't know how to use it, or then they just go out and take other stuff. And I think that that's spot on. Uh, um, so staying a bit like in the implementation phase. Uh, so what... If a, an hospitality operator st- decided to implement Seek, what is the biggest benefits they will get from doing that? What are the biggest wins you can say they will see straight away when they do this? And what kind of stories have you heard from your from your clients when you, you've done that as Dunkin' Donuts, etc.? So again, this depends a bit on which specific sector they're in because Seek can help in a lot of different different aspects. So I guess if you start more overall, the, the, the main thing here is that you can reach all of your employees in a few clicks. So we've, we've created in, um, in a hierarchical structure, meaning that you can match any organization one-to-one so that you can send out information to, let's say, everybody 
that's uh, part-timers in a store. You can send it out only to the managers. You can send it out to all the ones that are around uh, Brighton. So, so you decide yourself who you want to approach or if you want to approach all of your um, all of your employees. We've actually had a lot of, lot of positive feedback on this because if you're in hospitality and let's say that you you do uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you have a lot of lot of people coming in on different shifts. So if you're communicating something out to your team, it's very, very hard to reach everybody without having to be there the full day and then people are off sick and so on. So so, so that's one of them. And, and what we have there on top of that is that there's um, read and confirm function so that you can see when people have actually read it. So that's, that's quite critical. Obviously, as you mentioned slightly before as, as well, there, there are a lot of manuals out there. So this is a way of, of digitalizing your business. Um, you can get rid of all the paperwork and overall you can just kind of automate a lot more of the, the processes that you have in your, in your company, which is, which is a strong point as well. Other points without maybe going into too much detail, you have internal branding because you get your logo on there. There's the FAQ that we, we touched upon briefly before, which um, allows your employees to actually find the information themselves which means that one, they get the information a lot quicker and they don't have to bother a manager of finding the information. GDPR we've touched upon. It's also very, very intuitive as, as we just talked about before. So there's very, very little training needed if you have high turnover in, in, in people. And I guess to that point, you can have a lot of training on, on the system as well. So you can have your videos and so on to make sure that as soon as you onboard people, you onboard them very, very quickly. Is there any uh, specific types of, uh, you know, we're talking about now implementing it and what kind of benefits it gives? Is there any specific, you know, operator that really would gain from this? Is that is it's quick service, is this casual dining, or is this relevant for everyone in your view? I mean, in my view, it's relevant for everyone. And, and also, if you look at our customer profile, we, we do really have a very wide uh, number, of, number of customers and, and from a lot of different industries. But... I would say it's, it's very, very good for mobile employees, right? So, so that's very much if, if you need to access the information quickly. And again, going back to kind of all the points before, if, if you're in a, in a restaurant, for example, this will save you time and money, right? Because you can get the information very, very quickly. You make sure that the manager's time is utilized the best way possible. It's easy on the, sh- the shift planning or whatever it may be. So you're saving a lot of time while you're also making your employees more um, more efficient, you can say. Yes, because uh, then leads me into the question about productivity. Do you have some like, uh, you know, feedback from clients, uh, understanding of how your technology actually helps with the productivity? Because you said giving the managers time to focusing on uh, what's really is the right thing, the employee and the customer experience. Do you have any like stories, feedback where you actually seen that this technology can help with that? Yeah. So, so obviously without mentioning any names, we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of clients that are really, really enjoying the fact that they can close down all of their social media groups simply because before they had maybe 20 different groups across WhatsApp, Facebook and so on, which is very, very confu- confusing for a manager. So, so they've been able to close that down, which also means that you can kind of put a line between um, your professional and your private life, which is very important to them. Other good stories that are around kind of campaigns you can run. So say that you are running a new thing in a, in a coffee shop about actually selling cookies. You can put in different kind of question techniques. You can uh, put, a, put a small price in there. So, so it kind of creates 
a lot of engagement and it's just a very very quick way for you to get get out with with a new promotion or a new product we've had a lot of kind of franchises where the stores between them share success stories and they can share this instantly right so if if it's about um selling umbrellas when it rains you can share that instantly so that the other store managers can do that within seconds or minutes right um so so that's that's just some of the stories that we've had uh, up until now and then overall people just they just enjoy using the 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 software what i often talk with people from technology selling into hospitality and the 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 operators is that the human factor do you think technology is going to take away the human factors which is so important in hospitality because the human factor is creating the experience in my world but is technology actually going to take that away at some point no i i mean obviously again that depends on which position that you're looking at right but i I don't think so. This should just hopefully enable the the personal factor to be more efficient and to actually spend time on on what they need to do. So if you're in the restaurant, they need to spend time on talking with the customers, asking them how the food was, making sure that they uh, have enough to drink and so on. So they shouldn't spend time uh, on on finding information, right? So so hopefully it should just enable the personal experience to be be a lot better than it is today and, and taking away some of the some of the chores and some of the tasks that the the people didn't enjoy doing anyways. Yeah, that, that's a really, really good point. And also make sure that all the information that is there is the most updated information because uh, uh, often here as well that people are maybe looking at not updated materials and spending time on that and then actually not following the procedure right and stuff like that. So I can see that that's a, another way where you actually take the human bit in again. You're doing doing things that actually is the right thing to do because that's the updated information you need it out in the stores. Yeah. So, so, so my last question I always ask people here on the podcast is that uh, if they could give one advice to someone starting their own hospitality, what would that be? And I guess you will take the uh, technology perspective on this, but what would your advice being to them? You know, seeing these businesses from the outside, not being from the industry. I always think that you, you can give a quite, quite another angle on, on the world of hospitality. I guess whether it's a hospitality business or, or whatever it is, I, w- I would probably take the approach that I've taken in the businesses that I've been involved, involved with. So I would try to automate as much as possible and get kind of as many things into process as I could using all the tools available, right? So, so for me, I think what, we're, what we've been doing at Seek is also we're using a lot of other cloud, cloud-based softwares to kind of, ease our working um, working day right so so use kind of as many tools as you can to make sure that knowledge is transferred between your employees i i think and, and correct me if i'm wrong because you know this industry better than i do but um there are a lot of people kind of kind of high churn and uh, high turnover and in, in people and so on so it's very very important that you don't have any silent knowledge in the company and also that you can quickly kind of train the new people starting. Because I think going back to your point before that the personal aspect of a, uh, of a restaurant is very, very important. So you need to have them up and running very, very quickly. So I would say automate as much as possible and, and, and make sure that you're using all the tools that you can to make your life easier. I think you're, you're spot on this. And I always say, take as much as the heavy lifting away from managers and employees you can so they can do what they're really passionate about. 
And that's often this hospitality. People want to be out with their guests or be together with their colleagues. They don't want to do admin work. They don't want to do repeatedly tasks that doesn't add value. Uh, I have seen so many times people questioning, you know, operation systems and processes because they haven't been thought through. They've just been decided on on board level that we're going to do that. And then nobody else removes them when they don't add value. So you, you're spot on. That's all we have time for today. Uh, I'm sure we're going to catch up soon and uh, I'm uh, I'm sure that people can reach out to you if they want to have a bit of advice on GDPR. I got a bit smarter on it now and I know a bit more, but it's a complicated thing, but as you said, it's like anything else you need to you need to in a way digest it down to small chunks and find out what's relevant for you and then start action on that. Yeah, definitely. And and as you, as you say, I'm more than happy to speak to anybody who has any questions and and see how we can help or maybe somebody that we're working with can can help. And we're more than welcome to have a look at the website as well. It's on seek.io. Good. And uh, with that, uh, thank you very much, Søren, and speak to you soon. Speak soon. Thanks, Michael. That's all we have time for today. Thank you, Søren, for sharing your story, providing insights into the Seek app and how it can assist hospitality businesses, improving communication and boosting productivity. And not to forget getting compliant with GDPR. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a like, share, or even better, tell us what you think. If you could dream up a fantasy app, what would that be and what would it do for you? How is your hospitality business ensuring GDPR compliance? A massive thank you to Laura Evans from Let's Talk Video Production and her continued assistance with these podcasts. We hope you've enjoyed today's Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tingser. Tune in next time for another industry interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us at hospitalitymavericks.com. Thanks for listening and be maverick.